you pressed play on this podcast with the click of curiosity. It is another dimension, a dimension of mind, a dimension where nothing is sacred and everything is explainable. You're streaming into a land of both inside and outside of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into the midside. Welcome to the midside where all we want is independence from your bullshit. I'm your host, Justin Emlesneski, the hopeful romantic, and I retroactively and proactively denounce anything anyone has ever said and ever will say on this show. Joining me for this Independence Day trip from Dale's Lawn, where I, is it free? Is it not free in Dale's Lawn? We'll get into that in a little bit. Identifying as a woman to forgo his white male gay privilege, William Green. Hello, hello. Yeah, we've been uh, celebrating um, all weekend long here in uh, in Dale's Lawn. Uh, we are the uh, fireworks uh, capital of L.A. County here. Um, poster signs everywhere reminding us that's between a $1 and $3,000 fine if you're caught letting off fireworks. And uh, boy, freedom is ringing. Uh, Colt is uh, on, on DEFCON 2 currently, um, sleeping uh, directly on my legs during the podcast um if you hear any booms that's not gunshots for once it's actually uh fireworks here in dale salon so um we're enjoying the freedom here yeah it was a little um interesting being in chicago just flew back this morning and was there over the weekend and on on sunday night people were letting off fireworks it was a little interesting you know you hear about all the shooting and everything in chicago and just instinctively, you, you hear the fireworks start to go off, and you're like, wait, what? Is that fireworks? So it was an interesting experience. In L.A., though, yeah, would they actually fine anyone $1,000 to $3,000? It doesn't seem like their target market for taxation is the people who are setting off the fireworks. It's a very interesting question. You may ask, well, how is there so much fireworks? Like, I, there was just another one that just went off. I'm not sure if the mic is picking it up or if my... Uh awesome uh sound engineering slash uh, noise suppression is keeping it out but um yeah i i think uh the empty bag syndrome as uh as adam Crowley puts it you know most of the people letting off the fireworks around here uh are can would be considered by the city to be empty bags so not really worth pursuing uh for those sort of fines i think what this is is to prevent people like up in palace verdes or uh or uh you know uh in the uh, actual beach here uh hermosa and redondo um, it, it's, it's so that they can't let off fireworks. And if any of the, uh, you know, uh, less dignified, uh, more freedom loving people happen to put off some fireworks, then, uh, then their neighbors can narc on them and, and, uh, and, and the cops can swoop in and take care of it. But, uh, I don't know. I mean, I may or may not have a garage full of fireworks, uh, waiting for, uh, waiting for the, uh, evening to fall here in Dale's Lawn, but we'll see. I can both, uh, say that and... Uh, be protected by our disavowing of both everything we will, can, and have said on this show. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I literally don't know if you're kidding or not right now. So that's the perfect way for it to be. We so. like to ride on that nice edge here on the midside. Well, and I think there's a lot of that going on in California right now with uh, with Gavin Newsom, which we'll talk about in a second. But first, I want to reflect a little bit on my trip to Chicago. Let's do that in Life on the Midside. <laughs> As always, if you'd like to support the show, you can do throw do do throw the 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 do so through Patreon or locals. Patreon is per episode. Locals is per month. That's the midside.com slash Patreon or the midside.com slash locals. We accept all support, including affirmations, perhaps especially affirmations after uh, spending the weekend in Chicago. William, have you ever been to the Windy City? Many a times uh, growing up, um, you went to one of two places to become cultured uh, as a country boy out in Michigan. You go to Chicago or you go to Toronto, because you sure as hell don't go to Detroit. Well, that's really interesting that you use the word cultured, because that's really one of the, the things that stuck out to me about Chicago. And I'm interested 
in hearing your feedback on, on my experiences because maybe things have changed. Maybe it's always been this way. But obviously when I first got there, and I use the word obviously because once you hear what I'm about to say, it makes sense because I live in Florida, there was a little bit of like, fuck this. And what I mean by that is, I don't know why anyone would live in a city. Just in general, I don't get it. Right? Like, I have space here. I can breathe. There is nature. There aren't people all over me at all times. And it's not like I'm going out into international waters every time I go into public. Like I, That was my first thing. But then... As sort of I relaxed and got into the weekend, you know, went to a Cubs game, did a food tour, just sort of walked around the city, I really started to see what I've always appreciated about city life, be it Boston, New York, now Chicago. And what I mean by that is the infrastructure of a city is amazing. And Chicago, especially when you consider their train system, yeah. And you, you consider the year it was built in, right? They have these trains that were built at the turn of the 20th century and they're elevated and they go all along downtown. They call it the loop because the train loops and then goes out into the different spires, sort of like if you've ever heard of uh, theme park design hub and spoke, they sort of use that for their city design after the great fires that destroyed most of it. They, they, they built the subway in a way that makes sense. It's not even the subway points. And obviously we did things like the Willis Tower, formerly known as the Sears Tower. And when you see all of the things that man designed, even going out to a Navy Pier, which was obviously a man-made pier, right? When you see that, it's incredible. It's incredible. Now, it still has those problems I'm talking about where, yeah, it, it'd be cool, but you're still living in a box, Right. If, if you're living in, in, in a city, which is why ultimately I'm not a city person, but it's really awesome. You know, Ayn Rand wrote about it. Actually, if I let me pull up a quote here that a midsider uh, sent me from Atlas Shrugged, the buildings around her rose to such heights that her glance could not find the sky. She thought it has taken so much to build the city. It should have so much to offer. And it's really interesting that this is the quote that was sent to me because that second part, it should have so much to offer. That was kind of the drawback, William, to me about Chicago overall is besides the, like, the main drawbacks of a city, which are the basic drawbacks, which I already said, Chicago itself is like this amazing shell and inside of it is just this terrible culture. And I, you know, I wrote down some observations here in our outline document. The first thing is just the amount of money it costs because of government involvement. I mean, when I bought the tickets to the Cubs game, there was like a, I forget what the exact terminology was. I could look it up, but it was like an entertainment and enjoyment tax. So like on top of what I paid, I had to pay an extra like 12 or 20% or something to the government of Chicago because it was for entertainment purposes. How dare you be entertained? I mean, hold what on. What if the Cubs, hold on, I, gotta, I have a question. If the Cubs lose, do you get refunded? Cause you're not entertained. Well, I should have been refunded because the Cubs won and I'm a Red Sox fan. There you go. So, yeah. I, you weren't in, you were not entertained. And they would be giving a lot of refunds to Cubs fans if that were the case. Sorry, Cubs fans. Had to say it, but they're not very good this year. Uh, historically, they also would. But think about that, William. We always hear about how, you know, the left always wants to care about people's humanity. But what are they saying with that sort of tax about people's life and what it should be about? Who's the one trying to make people an automaton and a worker? If they're doing div uh, diversion taxes or entertainment taxes, whatever the word was, aren't they saying that unless you can afford is this is the empty bag thing? Yeah. Right? Yep. Don't you worry. They Don't you worry, Justin. We'll be uh, issuing refunds for LGBTQIA plus LMNOP BIPOC uh, and because women uh, and people of color and, and, and trans are hardest hit for the entertainment tax. Uh, I I've just sponsored a bill um, by buying my seat into the uh, 
uh, into the Chicago uh, city government. So there we go. That's going to be my platform, and I'll win. Well, it's interesting you say that, because William, even having lived in California, I have not seen as many male to female trans people as I did in Cal in, as I did in Chicago. I apologize. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think you haven't been to LA in a little while. I mean, it, it might be it might be uh, worse I, now in a, LA. Yeah, it's it's quite an epidemic, and uh, there's a. Uh, great podcast called disaffected uh where um uh i think his name is joshua stolkum is breaking all of this down um there's a lot of this cluster b behavior that narcissism um uh borderline personality and histrionic uh sort of behaviors and we're just enabling a bunch of people right now very unhealthy psychology and uh this is uh it, it's crazy to think about but there are literally people who are doing doing this uh for the for the uh, for the attention, sort of, right? Like for the uh, that, well, that was the impression the cachet, I got, be- right? Right. That was the impression I got because I'm not talking about somebody who's obviously gone through extensive surgery yeah. or yeah, yeah. somebody who's taken a lot of hormones. I'm talking about guys who look very much like guys, and they look like unattractive guys, right? Like guys who don't take care of themselves, guys who have long hair and dress in a way to make sure you know that they're wearing a bra, right? Mm. Maybe it's a, a top that's a little yeah, see-through I have a question. so you can see Do it's a sports bra. Do they need to bra. wear a bra? Well, I mean, that's what let's I'm be saying. honest, there's some, there's some guys who don't take care of themselves that need to wear a bra. Well, that notwithstanding, I would say that they did not have mammary glands to need to wear a bra. Uh, okay, all right. It was very performative. I used to say that trans... Being a transsexual, whatever terminology you want to use, was like Blair White, where they went and they were the stereotype performative, the stereotype of femininity. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. That they used to just go over the top. That that's uh, that's how to me I was like, that makes me wonder about, you know, the mentality of that. Like, why do you necessarily want to be that kind of a woman? Right. There are many different types of ways to present feminine wise. But now the ones I saw in Chicago weren't even trying to be feminine, right? And this is something that confuses me, right? There are no gender roles, supposedly, but they just did things that were stereotypically female, but they still looked male, if that makes sense. But their their hair's in a ponytail, and they're obviously wearing a sports bra, and they want you to know they're wearing a sports bra. And that's supposed to be a trans person. To me, that's very performative. Yeah. In the other extreme. Yeah. I I don't know what to say. I mean, this is... We, like... I we I, I know that we... Blair White becomes a lot of examples because she's just such a more um, famous, more public sort of... What I would call more old-school trans person. And, you know, even going back further than that, I, I don't remember... Uh, I don't remember in the 2000s anyone any trans at the time would be called transsexual person um flipping their shit if you got their pronouns wrong or demanding you call them a woman right like it was more like hey you're here because you can be accepted for this thing that you that you need your psychology needs and you'll be supported right and now we're we've come so far the pendulum swings so far that we're you know like you're supposed to fake reality and pretend that that dude is a woman right and it's just the the percentage of it is yeah. what shocked me i mean we were at like after the cubs game on saturday night we were outside a restaurant at like 10 p.m. and i saw five i counted five male to female trans while we were standing there for like 15 to 20 minutes well i'll have you know that i i i take my identification very seriously here on the show and uh (laughs) i i am wearing a bra currently justin so yeah i just i don't know i just i don't think statistically there should be that many do you get what i'm saying in that kind of a time period well hey i mean you're you're the one complaining and 50 percent of this show are is trans so Okay, I'm not complaining. I'm observing. Okay, All I'm right. observing. 
I will complain though about activist t-shirts. You want to talk about performative? <laughs> people, people like they were wearing t-shirts that there was no purpose except the virtue signal. Here, so, here's a few of the t-shirts okay. I saw. Let's hear it. I saw a guy wearing a shirt that said fund abortion, not police. Definitely a rapist. <laughs> Uh, I saw a shirt that said, we need more librarians. Uh, a wait. shirt that said, women support... What? Wait, wait. Are there any libraries anymore? Where well, would these I mean, librarians <laughs> work? <laughs> that was what I wanted to ask, right? Uh, as it, I wanted to be like, so don't we need more libraries before we need more librarians? Like, Can you imagine like if like Starbucks, like if Starbucks like app actually like had books, like a... You know, because remember, Barnes and Noble, before Starbucks was huge, people would go to Barnes and Noble, and uh, and there was a coffee shop in Barnes and Noble. Does anyone remember that? Well, that, that was that just a Starbucks. Midwest thing? Yeah, yeah. Was that just a Midwest no. thing? No, that was everywhere. Yeah, and yeah. You would go Starbucks to the bookshop. Yeah, yeah. You would go to the bookshop, and I don't I don't remember if Starbucks was the bar, in the Barnes and Noble back when I was growing up, but it was, yeah, that was a place you'd go like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to go. I'm going to look at these books. I'm going to read some, um, you know, read, read some magazines. I'm going to have some coffee. Yeah. Right. Now, maybe Wait. Starbucks can bring that back. Maybe that'd be ironic. I'm there's not- still, hold on, there's still a Barnes & Noble store here on Rosecrans. Is that the new library? Is that the library? Is that the kind of librarians they're talking about? I mean, I don't know if they'd be comfortable with that because it's capitalism, but I mean, technically, oh, if you work true. at a bookstore and you help someone find books, you're a librarian, you're just paid at Barnes & Noble. Yeah, that's true. But I guess that's right. We got to have people that aren't paid, I guess. Is that what they're saying? I don't know. Well, the, or people who aren't paid in consumerism. I don't know. Isn't it consumerism, though, if you go to a library and rent a book? I don't know. That's like it started the libraries. Another t-shirt I saw, women supporting women. Was that now? A, what, was that an M to F? No, that was just a woman. A normal, regular, everyday, born a woman. Yeah, it's it's fair. But the t-shirt How dare you? I'm a normal, everyday woman during this show. <laughs> yeah, that was a intolerant thing i just said but the point i'm making is the t-shirt didn't say anything else on it it wasn't like for an organization or an event or something it was just making a statement about women supporting women well justin i know we've been sitting for a while procrastinating not 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 putting up any new t-shirt designs i think we just need one that just says insert virtue signal and then have a mid-side logo on it just just virtue signal here and then, you know, like like an insert, you know, with a little greater than, less than, so like a template. And just says, if I lived in Chicago, and then, and then put Welcome to the Midside logo on it. If I lived in Chicago, I'd be all for that. Like this is a t-shirt that says, like, this is my activist t-shirt or something. Ah, right? Okay, yeah, there we go. Midsiders, get on this design. We'll put it up on our store on uh, thebidside.com. But um, I wouldn't wear that in Florida. Like, well, I, I would wear it here in California. We got people. Come on, we've got to support our listeners. Not in Florida. Just we have we have tens of listeners outside of Florida. Tens. I'm jumping ahead. I'm jumping ahead when I say move to Florida. <laughs> so, um, hold on a second. Let me let me finish here. I oh, have a couple. Discord's of already chiming in, saying they're going to wear it. Justin, we're going to get your we're going to get your ass in gear and get us a new T-shirt design. Fine. Oh God, I got to do work now. What do you do to me, William? <laughs> it's called producer. Right, so another, another T-shirt I saw. It said "I is for inclusion," and here, here's what makes it even better. Right, that on its own would be funny, right? But it was "I is for inclusion," and the graphic was somebody doing a sign language "I." Ah. So it was like two levels of virtue signaling. It was like saying we need to include everyone, but also. We need to include people who are deaf. All right, then one other thing I wanted to to take issue with here while we're talking about all this. So I don't know if you know that Chicago has the largest Starbucks in the world. Oh, really? So, yeah, they have a... a It's... Probably. I don't know. One morning, Christine was like, let's go to Starbucks. And we went, and it was like the Reserve Roastery. And I read that it was the largest Starbucks in the world. And then we walked around. It was like near Michigan Ave. Is that inner loop? That could be Magic Mile. I'm going to look up for, look it up now. No, Yeah, no, that's Magnificent Mile. Yeah, it's Magnific- over near there. Sorry, Magnificent Mile. Sorry. Right. Well, Magic you Mile. You tell how long I've been. <laughs> yeah, you tell, <laughs> tell it's been a while since I've been to Chicago. 
That that that's like a sequel to a, t- a Channing Tatum movie. <laughs> it is, it is. I just made it up. I like it though. Uh, but, um, uh, I just pulled it up on the so, map. Yes, it is on Michigan Ave. I see it now. I know right yeah. where it is. So Starbucks Reserve is apparently Starbucks wasn't snooty enough, and they decided they wanted to have like high end coffee. So apparently there are a bunch of Starbucks Reserve stores across the country. There's like 20 of them or something or across the world. But they also have six roasteries, which is literally it was this is the biggest one. So it was six floors. But a roastery is what it sounds like. It's where they roast coffee. So it's sort of like Willy Wonka, but for coffee. And it was six floors and there are different things on each floor. But here's what I found interesting in Chicago. They had signage for, you know, how. Starbucks bathrooms are single person stalls. Mm-hmm. Like one person can go in. So it it's you don't need to put a sign up, right? You just put bathroom, right? And anyone can use it, right? But I'm sure this is a law in the roastery in Chicago. It said the signage said they were unisex bathrooms. I think that has to do with uh People being worried about being sued for ADA because I too, uh, about two years ago, had to change my bathroom sign to uh, say unisex instead of it couldn't just say bathroom. Right. Well, which makes no sense. And that's an example of the culture, right, of government intervention. But it also is the irrationality. What if you're two spirited and bo- and both of your spirits are different sex? Well, that's what I'm saying. The fact is that only it says half unisex. Of you can, go in? can you go, only go halfway in? Right. The, the term unisex is in itself oppressive because it's just saying that this bathroom is for one sex. It should be an omnisex bathroom. Any sex can go in this bathroom. All sexes can go in this bathroom, an omnisex bathroom. There we go. It's the corruption of language. It's a corruption of a lot of things, and that's what Chicago is. Chicago was known back in the day for being corrupt because of the police and the mob and everything. Oh, well, it's, it's corrupt for different yeah, reasons now. Today. Yeah. Well, talking about corrupt politicians, okay. while I was there, uh, I discovered that Gavin Newsom has decided to target Florida. And I mean that 100% seriously and explicitly. He decided to make a 30-second ad for the 4th of July to be shown in Florida. Now, I don't watch TV, so I haven't seen this ad on TV, but I have seen the ad on YouTube, and William is going to play it for us right now. It's Independence Day, so let's talk about what's going on in America. Freedom is under attack in your state. Your Republican leaders, they're banning books, making it harder to vote, restricting speech in classrooms, even criminalizing women and doctors. I urge all of you living in Florida to join the fight or join us in California, where we still believe in freedom, freedom of speech, freedom to choose, freedom from hate, and the freedom to love. Don't let them take your freedom. Paid for by Newsom for California Governor 2022. So, William, we'll in a second get into sort of what makes this so funny. Because if you you clip out a, a smaller portion of it, it becomes even funnier to me. But the first thing I want to do is I want to ask you something as someone who lives in California. Uh, doesn't this make you upset that the governor of California is more worried about another state than he is all the fucking problems in your state? He did, He offers no solutions. If I lived... In California, in any state, yeah, and my yeah, governor yeah. was conf- concerned about another state, I would be fucking irate. Yes, the freedom here to have your restaurant um, fenced around and put out of business because you dare stay open during COVID. The freedom to uh, watch people poop uh, publicly in the streets. Uh, the the freedom to step on needles whenever you go outside to the sidewalks in Santa Monica or Hollywood. The freedom. Well, what's interesting? Uh, yeah, the freedom to pay. Thousands and thousands of dollars in business licenses all the time, just for no reason. Unsecured property tax, Justin. That's the, that's the bill I'm getting ready to pay. Unsecured property tax. Things in my store that, that, that are just there that I paid for years ago, I'm still paying tax on them because it's, it's unsecured property. Well, what's interesting in what you said is everything you said is 100% correct. And um, do you want to play the drop? Oh, yeah. William, my degree from FU says you are 100% correct. I just asked for it because I knew you were going to play that eventually because I just said it. But uh, one of my friends sent me similar quotes, and he actually said the needle thing as well. 
He said, freedom yeah. to pay the highest costs of living anywhere, freedom to sidestep infected needles in massive homeless camps outside your place of business, and home, by the way. There were homeless people across the street from where I lived in Anaheim. Yep. Yeah, freedom yeah. to take a forced union ride share, freedom to experience rolling blackouts, freedom to breathe smoke-filled air from seasonal wildfires caused by state-run utility companies. Right? This is... So, this is on its face absurd. And this is very very dangerous i like to I, well hold on Justin. we got to zoom in i know we're going to do the shorter drop but i have to zoom in on this what, what was the freedom from hate freedom from hate i'm sorry but i don't want to live in a world where the government is protecting me from hate i definitely do not want to live in that world well and that's where what i was about to say about how this is dangerous william Super you know, dangerous. we're gonna laugh at it we're gonna laugh at it but this is literally being done because florida to them and this was a conspiracy theory I had for a long time, but this is the this is the the dunk that proves my conspiracy theory I, is I'm correct. I'm afraid I'm afraid you need to stop talking because uh, you keep uh, you keep making these you keep speaking these things and they come into existence. It's like it's the same reason we can't do woke or joke anymore, <laughs> dude. It's not like I'm not I'm not some like magical person. I just see what's going on, like. This is not a conspiracy. They literally have an anti a PR campaign against Florida because what they're doing here, and this ad is very explicit about it, is they are redefining freedom. They literally want you to believe that California is free and Florida isn't. And look, yeah, we've talked yeah. about that. We don't agree with everything Florida does, but it's the same thing. And we're going to get into this in a second. It's the same thing with the don't say gay bill. They're literally convincing you something you're seeing isn't what you're seeing. It's the opposite. That's what he is doing here. He's saying California freedom, Florida not, which dude literally freedom just from reality, step- maybe for certain people, right. for homeless people. Yeah. Freedom from reality. They don't have to deal with reality. They can, they can just live on the street and do whatever they want and then get taken right. care of, get rescued 37 times. Hi, do you know what the number one calls for fire department is around here? Homeless fucking fires that we're paying all this taxes to stop homeless people from burning their fucking shit down. That's what they're doing around here. All the ambulance well, the- calls, like the majority of them are resuscitations for a drug overdose. What the fuck are we doing? Right. Well, what what you're doing is, is what Newsom's saying. You're going to regulate people into freedom, which is an oxymoron. And as yeah. you're saying, there are always unintended consequences. And that's what I was going to say. Just get, fly over here. Drive over here. I don't even care how the fuck you get here. You don't even have to stay, but step off the plane. Get yeah. out of your car. Yeah. You instantly see the difference. Florida, and I'm not Florida, even joking about Florida, instant. Dude, Miami. Miami's no fucking paradise, okay? You walk around Miami... 87% less garbage than if you if I dropped you on any block in LA. Right? The dirtiest place you've seen in Miami, still cleaner than the cleanest place in downtown LA. Well, I mean, Just, I mean, I will be fair to Chicago. Chicago wasn't even that bad. We walked under an underpass going to Navy Pier and from the t- like cuz Chicago has a lot of upper and lower and you walk lower and from upper I could see a tent under the underpass and I was like shit this is going to suck when we go under this underpass you don't want to know how many tents there were one tent I thought there was going to be a whole fucking tent yeah. city under there cuz I'm yeah. used to LA dude that there were past tents here it's 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 shanties it's like you know you, you, we're we're heading towards if you've seen those towns in in China where they just kind of build on top of build on top of build right and it's all this like cardboard and duct tape pulling things together it's crazy man like, we're heading there, and we're heading there fast. And that's the thing. That's how anti-reality it is. And read. Go ahead. Read. Not read. Play. Play no, that no, no, second. Hold on. We're going to play a game. We're going to play a game. We're going to pretend like this is Woke or Joke, audience. Like, try, try to pretend like you didn't hear that clip, okay? We're going we're gonna to pretend like this is a Woke or Joke segment, okay? I'm even going to do the intro, so we're going to get our mood right. All right, woke or joke? Is this a voice actor or actually Gavin Newsom? I urge all of you living in Florida to join the fight or join us in California, where we still believe in freedom, freedom of speech, freedom to choose, freedom from hate, and the freedom to love. Don't let them take your freedom. <laughs> the fucking music. 
Mocha Joe. It sounds like someone produced. Like, it has to be a joke when you hear Disney. the music, right? Yeah, when you hear that music, it's got to be a joke. You're like, this is a voice actor. Who's the guy that uh, uh, did the Joe Biden voices? Something like that. The comedian. He's on Adam Carolla show all the time. Uh, I, oh, I can't think of his name, but he did the uh, he did the uh, he did the f- uh, Fresh Prince spoof of Biden. Yeah, Biden's son. It, it's not, it could it be that guy? Like it, it could be right. Just with the music and the voice and the the the, the over the top sort of smarmy sort of uh, uh, voice. It's got to be a joke, right? Right. It literally sounds like something in the Hall of Presidents at Disney World. Like that's the production level they went for with it. It, look, it almost sounds like they're making fun of Floridians. Because, look, think yeah. about this for a second. Uh, a commercial pops up on your TV, right? And it's the governor of another state saying, hey, Floridians, help us fight your state or move here. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Play it again, play it again. Oh, well done. I urge all of you living in Florida to join the fight. What the fuck? Why are you urging me shit? But we still believe in freedom. Free- freedom. What? We you still do? believe in freedom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we still believe in freedom. Hold on. I, I, we sorry. don't? What? We don't? Anyone I fucking talk to here believes in freedom, whether I agree with them or not. You know what I'm saying? Even the people on the left here who I don't agree with, right? Even the people on the right who I don't agree with, and I think, eh, that's not a very right, you know, that's not a very freedom policy you're talking about right now they still think it's freedom yeah 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 oh sorry and freedom freedom of speech freedom to choose freedom from hate and the f- freedom from hate that's the one that tilts me i'm sorry it just tilts me i can't like freedom from it, hate for, freedom from reality freedom from hate where you're fucking telling us our state sucks yeah, isn't that hate yeah. isn't this entire ad based on hate you're like freedom from hate while we tell you how much we hate your state isn't that what he's saying like it is it's Oh my god. And the freedom to love. Don't let them take your freedom. Forever purge. <laughs> that's exactly what this this is the natural escalation. Remember when we found that and we were like, oh wow, that's some like insane dipshit on the internet who hates Florida? This is ridiculous. Fucking Gavin Newsom decided that's the, the direction they're gonna go in. Oh, this is man. the direction the, the, the far left of the, the party is going to go in. That's true. I don't want to live on this planet anymore. I do, and I want to live in this state. I want to live in this state. You know why? why? Because anyone who sees that and lives in this state, it's just going to make them dig in harder for freedom. Oh, man. Man, oh, man. This is how you alienate the Cubans. You want to know how Trump won Florida last election? This is how. Why would you do this, Gavin Newsom? Why? I don't know. Is, he, like, is this he the born? beginning of his run for president? Like, why else would you that's become the Florida theory. this way? That, I mean, the, it doesn't make any the other sense. The theory is that he's trying to go against DeSantis. He's got, it's got to be. It's got to be. He thinks president. he's going to raise money in Florida with this. Yeah. Because it's not going to. No one in California is going to give a fuck. Most people in California don't even know where Florida is on a map. <laughs> Most people in Florida don't know where California is on a map. Like, what the fuck? They just know it's west. Like, the whole thing is stupid. But, of course, it it actually clarifies a little bit about why the stupid people do what they do here. So, William, you sent a story in the in the text thread this week that I was flabbergasted by, right? It was about Orange County Public Schools and the, the so-called Don't Say Gay law. Oh, yeah. Which, I course, thought this, I was like, I had to go straight to the source, uh, you know, as a, as a, as a uh, public school employee, you know, like, have you have you been told all those uh, all those lies? Right. Like uh, you can't take a picture in. Uh, what was the uh, they had just a bunch of stuff. Um, right. Uh, so first of all, I want to clarify, I work for Osceola County Public Schools. I don't work for Orange County Public Schools, but they literally border each other. Right. I live yeah, on the line yeah. between Orange County and Osceola. County. I figure if there's an infection, it might spread between those two counties. Right. Well, I mean, that's pretty much what happened with COVID, right? That's where the numbers went from, right? But here's the thing. This law went into effect July 1st. I have received zero communication from the school district about anything changing in Osceola County. I can't imagine. Now, they would say... Uh, now, hold on. I, I, I'm not... I'm, I'm not... This is not me pumping up uh, Osceola County. I can't imagine there would be, need to be any policy change in a rational county Correct. or uh i don't know how the school districts work in in florida but then in michigan they were they were local level and then there was a county oversight right uh i can't imagine anything in like my my county growing up shiawassee county i can't imagine anything changing based if this law was passed in michigan nothing would have changed there's already right there's already safeguards in place for this 
for this sort of over-sexualization of, of, of elementary students. That's, that, that stuff is already in place. So I, I can't imagine anything changing. Maybe some additional right. guidance on reporting, right? Um, but I, even that would have been more making something explicit that was like implicit and well understood. Right. But this is part of the anti-Florida agenda that I've been telling you all about. Immediately, news stations started reporting that teachers who are gay could not bring in pictures of their spouses or significant others because that's you know, not allowed in the classroom because you I would can't say, say I would gay. say uh, maybe if you're, you know, if you have a picture of you and your husband at the Eagle getting whipped, then maybe you should not take that picture in to school. But if it's a, if it's a wedding picture or if it's a family uh, fucking barbecue, like, uh, what, 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 what in the law made you think that that would be inappropriate? Well, exactly what you're saying, William, is the point, is there's nothing in the law that made them think that. What happened is, and I will say this as a way of, you didn't give kudos to Osceola County, I will give a little kudos to Orange County, because in this article I found, it makes it very clear. The school board says... No, you can do those things. Nobody ever said you can't do those things. I think people within the schools who are against the law tried to do what Gavin Newsom was doing, create a false version of what the law is doing. They tried to say, hey, look at what the law is doing. They were trying to create optics to make it look like things were happening that weren't. But instead, Orange County Public Schools came out and said that's not what's going on. Right? You know, I have a I, I have a bone to pick, even though with what they've been saying there in the article, what Orange County Public Schools responded. There's a lot of things where they're like, hey, avoid thing, something, something, something where it can be seen as instructions. How about just say, hey, that's a great question to ask your parent when you get home. That's all the law wants you to do. If you're not comfortable and, and if, if, if for some reason a second grader asks you something that's, you know, goes down this sort of like sexualization, gender sort of thing. It's easy with a smile. Make it a minor thing. Oh yeah, you can just you know ask your ask your mom or dad when you get home. They'll they'll be happy to answer that question. That the idea that the teacher must be the source of all truth, Justin, is what I'm getting to. Do you see how that's implicit in all of their answers? Yes. What, what happened to just saying like, oh, that's something that your parents, uh, you know, that's something that, that that's a question that your parents uh, are best to answer, right? But they yeah. would never say that. Never. Well, they can't say that because they're going to piss off the teachers, unfortunately. I mean, that was the, the last one on here, too, right, about uh, passing time right here. The yeah. idea that student passing time between classes will be counted as breaks for teachers. Look, this is something I don't understand about, like, the need, the need to, to, to codify everything, to make everything a law. Like, yeah, of course those are fucking breaks. Like... You're not teaching during that time. Now, maybe maybe their breaks were, you know, I stand in the hallway and like monitor the kids coming in and out of my room and around my room because oh, that's just what I fucking do to make sure things are safe just in general. Technically, I'm not on break. But what do you want a break to like sit around and like watch Netflix? Like that's what you need. So the whole thing is just disconnected from reality. And I was just saying that, you know, Regardless of what you're saying about the teachers, and I agree with what you're saying about the way the teachers had to be handled, the idea that these people went off the reservation in order to prove that their improper view of reality, their incorrect view of reality was true is ridiculous, and I'm glad that they got slapped down. The reason nothing's changing for us is because I teach high school, and as this article said, this is mainly about kindergarten through third grade. This isn't about high school teachers. It's not about all that. So that's why nothing's been said to me. And it's just ridiculous that people are doing this. And you have to be careful about these agenda. Agenda, because when you were talking, William, and you were saying, oh, well, Gavin Newsom's doing this because there's people who are going to give him money. These are the people he's apply, uh, appealing to. He's appealing to the people who have a different view of reality and think things are different than what they are. All right, so let's look at things a little differently here. Let's, right. let's take a little bit of a different story. Another one that was submitted by a, mids, a midsider here. Uh, I think, William, you wanted to play the Walker joke music for this article too, right? I did. Should we hit it again? Let's yeah, it. hit it again. Shut up, shut the group, 
So the headline for this story is, and again, Woker joke, rich New Yorkers are getting bladder surgery and Botox to avoid bathroom breaks on the drive to the Hamptons. Now, William, I usually am not one to say there is privilege and privilege is a thing. But if you're ever looking for a perfect example of privilege and how absurd it is and how most of us don't have it. So when you're accused of having white privilege, all you have to do is look at this article and say, do I identify with this article or not? If you identify with it, you have privilege. If you don't, you don't. This is a good litmus test. This is a great example of privilege, right? Because this is absolutely absurd. And there's a couple paragraphs here that um, I want to read that shows how much this is about privilege. One six-year-old who got the procedure this spring said he's been overjoyed to obviate the need to plan rest stops in advance of the hour-long trips to his Hamptons house, which has gotten worse in recent years. Oh, excuse me, William. I don't. It's too much effort for me to plan rest stops in advance of hour-long trips when I drive places. Isn't that absurd? I can't believe it. Like, uh, I, this person's obviously never been to L.A., not only is this there no, not only is there traffic everywhere, but there's no bathrooms that you can use anywhere either. I actually think that the no bathroom situation is worse in L.A. Yeah, right? definitely. So this person explained, with the pandemic, most of New York just moved out to their Hamptons house. They relocated, and it caused a lot of traffic. Oh, I'm sorry. There's a lot of traffic on the way to your second house. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? And then uh, it continues. Before the procedure, it could be four hours stuck in traffic and there are no rest stops. Now, here's the here's the key part of what you're saying, William. I had to pull off an exit and find a bathroom. Wait, 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 wait. So the complaint here, these people are literally getting surgery because they don't want to pull off an exit and find a bathroom. They want like a turnpike where there are rest stops built for them by the government every so or the or possibly the owner. Or if it's the, if it's a private toll road, they could build a rest stop. Okay, so don't get mad at me because technically that was incorrect, but they want rest stops built for them because it's too inconvenient to pull off an exit and find a bathroom, which, by the way, if they just fucking planned, they wouldn't have to find one. They would know where they are after receiving the procedure. There's no dread now. I'm like a kid. So not only are they rebelling against the infrastructure, rebelling against the reality of the situation, they're rebelling against their own age. Is this, William, not a prime example of what privilege actually is and looks like? I would say yes. This is this is uh, kind of nuts. Um, kind of nuts? Yeah, kind of nuts. I mean, it's got to be a joke. I, I can't imagine this is true. This has got to be an urban legend that someone got tricked into reporting. Someone is Some reporter at that Business Insider got trolled. That's what this is. I, think I don't believe it, Justin. I don't believe it. <laughs> I think that is the most benevolent possible interpretation you could have taken to this article, to this story. Because you know what? I think it tracks completely. They have so much money that rather than figuring out another solution, like, I don't know, like, get on a fucking airplane and buy a house somewhere else, uh, they would rather cut into their own bodies. Is this not the same insanity we were just talking about with other issues? Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely related. I don't know. I don't know, man. It can't be true. It just can't be true. No one <laughs> All right, does. So this. this is what, this is what we're gonna. I'm do. in denial, Justin. All right, that's fine. This is what we're gonna do. The midsiders prove it wrong. Mid uh, William does not believe it. I prove I it wrong. Know. I can't believe it. it prove it wrong. All right. Or prove it right if you have more yeah. evidence, right? That's if there right. are other articles. Well, hold on. Let's just be that... clear. An insider article is is pretty poor evidence. I think it falls below the uh, evidentiary um, threshold. Right. So we need higher quality evidence here that this is either true or not true because William's not believing it. But I think this is a perfect example of farce and i think this is perfect example of the undercurrent of privilege that does exist in this country and i i look i have sympathy when people start talking about things like privilege i think they shouldn't link it with race and i think it's way overblown because 99 percent of us do not have passed this litmus test but this is what real privilege looks like so i think it's true uh william thinks it's not 
Let us know what you think. Is this real or not? And, you know, let's find some evidence. Let's find some evidence. All right. All right, let's move on to maybe some better things in The Hopeful Romantic with JML. As always, if you'd like to continue the conversation with us during the week, you can do so by joining our Discord channel. We always love to hear from you. It's very important to me that we create a very respectful conversation in there where we read and take into consideration what people are saying before we reply. Right? This isn't Twitter. This is uh, a, a place where the conversation is not fast and furious, but people are leaving good thoughts. Like Midsider Lucid dropped a quote, a quote in there, which is relevant to Gavin Newsom's commercial, right? Whenever a new compulsion is opposed upon us, we automatically gain a new freedom. The two are inseparable. Only by accepting total compulsion can we achieve total freedom. That's from the Fountainhead. And I mean, that could also be from 1984, but that's exactly what Gavin Newsom is doing when he's redefining freedom. Mm. Only by accepting total compulsion can we achieve total freedom. Never so, felt yeah. so free paying all these taxes and getting no, <laughs> no nothing back for it. And being told what to do and where you can go and yeah, you and are traffic and and how to be gay. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, join that conversation in our Discord if you want. It's up to you. I'm not telling you what to do. We just saying there's a there's the opportunity to go to the midside.com or the midside.com slash podcast, click on any episode link, and in there there's a join link. So do that. Help us out. As you'll see, we uh, also read some comments about the uh, trailers that we talk about. First I want to do a review. And I'm gonna do that review by as always pulling up my letterbox here. And reading the sentence review I wrote of it. So, the black phone. The black phone. I said, a small-scale horror movie that focuses on psychology rather than gore. The black phone has tight plotting and high-quality performances that make it call, make its call worth answering. Even if its theme is a bit underwhelming. So, I would give this... A bromantic rating. So this is not like one of the greatest movies I've ever seen, but this is a well done horror movie with supernatural elements. So essentially set in the seventies, there's a guy called the grabber played by Ethan Hawke, who's tremendous, who goes around and he, he, he takes young boys and he kills them. Uh, the director seemed to toy with the idea of this guy being a sexual abuser as well. Although he didn't execute that. He seemed to just murder these boys uh, maybe that was because of his own compulsions. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how they'd do a sequel about this uh, character afterwards. I mean, maybe they could do a prequel. But the movie centers around one young man who's taken, and then he deals with the black phone, which the black phone allows him to communicate with the ghosts of the previous boys who were killed. Each of them tried to do escape plans, and they all failed. But by him learning about their escape plans and what they did with them, he's able to make them all work together in order to escape. Uh, along with this is... There's lockers is, in the barn and Lori's pregnant. Yeah, I mean, uh, whatever. Along with this is his sister, younger sister, who has visions. And that helps her figure out where he is. These two things combined help him escape. And ultimately, you could say that that's the theme, right? The theme is about how this one young boy escapes this killer, the grabber. I don't, I don't know if that's a good enough theme, though. I mean, it's, it's more heroic for a horror movie, certainly. Right? You don't see horror movies with these kind of happy endings. But I just think that there could have been more thematic significance given to the movie, and it could have been pulled through rather than just sort of kind of naturalistically be like, oh, this is how this guy escapes. And like I said, it's it's not naturalistic because there's supernatural elements. 
This isn't a real situation. It's exaggerated. And there's a lot that's done here to be heroic. But at the same time, I just can't give it the best rating because at the end, I don't feel like there's any sort of long-term value to this piece of art. And in order to have thematic resonance, there has to be long-term value to it. Why am I going to want to look back at something and reflect on it in the coming years? I won't ever see this movie or have someone talk about this movie and say it was a good movie and that they enjoyed it and I'm going to get mad at them about it. But I'm not going to like recommend anyone see it. I'm not going to go out of my way to think about this movie ever again after I finish this review. Now, the performances were tremendous. The young girl was great. I would expect her to have a great career going forward. She was tremendous in it. Ethan Hawke was great. The directing was good. Technically, this was well executed. It was enjoyable to watch. But movies that I give excellent ratings like Elvis, right? I gave Elvis an excellent rating last week, my best movie of the year so far. It has a lot to say. Thematically, it resonates, and it's a movie to go back and look at again and again and think about, hey, what am I learning from this? What is this showing me about the world and the way things are? And it has tremendous technical execution. So, The Black Phone, see it if you want, don't. If it's your cup of tea, you'll enjoy it. It's definitely very well executed by a talented cast and crew. But, you know, let's uh, let's try and make the pieces of art we make have some sort of... I keep using the term thematic resonance, but what was the term before? Um, catharsis. Catharsis, right? yeah. And I mean, I guess the catharsis here is the kid gets away from the, the killer, but he gets away from the killer... Not because he was able to figure it out himself, but because he had the help of the ghosts from the boys who were before killed before him. You could argue perhaps they're a metaphor for him thinking these things through and they didn't really exist. But then also the sister has those supernatural powers as well. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's the mystical element that's keeping me from like super loving the movie. But you check it out. Let me know what you think. All right, that's a movie that's already out. Let's talk about some movies that are going to come out in Trailer Takedown. I tend to put the trailers in the Discord the Saturday before we record. We tend to record on Sunday. Uh, we're recording on Monday this week, so I put the trailers in on Sunday. Uh, I put them in there so you can do what you want. If you want to watch the trailers ahead of time and leave a comment, and you know maybe we read it on air, uh, that would be awesome. Uh, maybe you watch the trailers after we talk about them or you alternate you watch a trailer we talk about it you watch a trailer we talk about it trailer takedown first trailer resurrection is a psychological thriller about a woman who had an affair with a a man and then he starts stalking her or does he it's very unclear in this movie if she's crazy or not but i mean that's the thing about this first of all these kind of movies have been done a billion times before Right? There are lots of movies about this kind of thing, but they're not tinted with the woke social justice perspective that this movie seems to be. This movie seems to be that style of movie, right? Like, oh, a creepy guy harasses and stalks woman he was with, and now it's, oh, this is an example of the way men are. Right? I mean, this is the thing I never understood about all this stuff, William. Like, These type of men were always seen as bad, but they were never seen as representative of all men. Now they're seen as representative of all men. I don't want to watch an entire genre of that tackle, an entire movie of that tackle. Tackle. You had me me quaking on an entire genre of that? But uh, yeah, this... uh, (laughs) I think the only thing I walked away from this trailer thinking is this is overwrought, Right. I don't know. It was almost, almost a, a, a mother's nightmare sort of level, Hallmark movie sort of level, except for more violent. <laughs> I think I'll pass on this one. Tackle. Second trailer. The Invitation is a sort of horror movie. It reminded me of uh, that that hide and seek movie. I forget what it's called, which I thought was tremendous. Um, where the girl from Game of Thrones, who was also in Army of Thieves. 
uh, is looking for her ancestors, looking for her relatives. And she does a gene thing where they tell you who you're related to. And she gets invited to this wedding. Well, it turns out the wedding's hers and there's like a supernatural element to it. Seems like vampires, right? And the idea is the vampires are trying to make her a vampire too. That's what I got from it. I don't know if it's true or not, but that's exactly what I'm talking about. The whole idea, William, the whole motif of a vampire is this idea of these predatory males who use sexuality to essentially kill women. I mean, if you look at the entire vampire mythos, that's what it's all about. And this is certainly in there. And the way it's done looks like it could be pretty good. But there was a major warning sign to me in this trailer and I'm interested if you had the same reaction, William. And it's the lighting. This fucking movie was too dark. And I don't mean in like the psychological horror way. I just mean like, turn the brightness up a little bit. I get it's a horror movie. They got, but I'm the, looking uh, at this and, it, they got the lighting director from the Batter, Battle for Winterfell. Um, yeah, exactly. It's, it's like, oh, the girl from Game of Thrones is in this. Let's uh, let's make it, you know, have bad lighting. Because you're, what you're doing is you're making everything uninteresting. Ready or Not was the movie. Ready or Not was a horror movie in the same vein that had better lighting, better cinematography. The execution here looks bad on top of something that's been done a bunch before, even though the acting looks pretty good and it looks kind of intriguing. Because of the poor cinematography, it does not give me high hopes for this movie. Tackle. Tackle. Yeah, I think I think that you, you've you've hit the the nail on the head with the uh, the identification of the visual problem with the movie. Otherwise, it seemed like um, it, you know what it really made me want to do is go rewatch Interview with a Vampire. So maybe I'll do that instead. Tackle, tackle. Third trailer. Ticket to Paradise, and sorry, I don't know why I said and because I was jumping ahead. Stars George Clooney and Julia Roberts as. Divorced parents who get together to try and stop their daughter, played by Caitlin Caitlin Deaver, sorry, who she's a great young actress. She's been good in everything I've seen her in. She was in Last Man Standing, starring Tim Allen, that show. She was also in Dear Evan, what was his last name? I hated that movie, but she was good in it. Dear Evan Hansen, that was it. Dear Evan Hansen. Well, she plays the daughter. And so they, even though they hate each other, George Clooney and Julia Roberts, they strike an alliance and a ceasefire, a peace treaty in order to convince their daughter not to marry the boy she wants to, the man she wants to marry. And I think uh, for this one, Midsider GS said pretty well uh, what's going on. He says, I'm anticipating that the daughter, uh, sorry, that the parents are going to come to respect their daughter's individuality and capacity to chart her own life course. And I'm always down for a movie like that. He says Netflix and hugs three years from now. All I'm going to add to this is as they go on that journey, that's going to help them realize what they loved about each other and they're going to re-fall in love. I think this is going to be a very benevolent movie. It's just it's just not for me. Does that mean I'm not going to see it? No, my, my, my wife might want to see it at some point, maybe on Netflix. But it's not something I'm going to rush out to see. But... I think everything GS Midsider GS said about it is true. And I, I do think that again, just sort of like the black phone, I'm not going to get like, if somebody's like, I want to see that movie. I'm going to be like, you're an idiot. You have bad taste. Or if somebody's like, I enjoyed the movie. No, I get, I can get why someone would be into this and why they would enjoy it, especially given the cast and the cinematography. William, you see how the cinematography here is just like benevolent cinematography. Yeah, it was night and day, night and day. Yeah. Literally almost. Yeah. So, this is like the softest, nicest, like, hug, or sorry, the softest, nicest tackle possible. Oh, man. you! I was already for Netflix and hug. I gotta, I gotta do the tackle. I just don't, I, I just wouldn't, like, does this seem like a movie I would rush out and see? No, no. Like, well, I don't from, get George Clooney. I don't I, get him. Okay. Like, it doesn't yep. seem I was like just he's acting. Say, <laughs> I, I was just gonna say, I enjoy Julia Roberts' side of the banter. Yeah. And so that's the only thing I would add. Uh, that's enough uh, because of it, of it being benevolent. This is something that I could put on Netflix and just watch while, while I'm doing other things. So for me, just that alone, and combined with all the other stuff you mentioned, it's going to be a Netflix and hug for me. Netflix and hug. 
final trailer. See How They Run stars Sam Rockwell, and I don't know how to say this uh, girl's name, Sorice Ronan? I don't know how to say it. As like his sort of sidekick deputy. Uh, <laughs> and I actually, I have a question for Midsider GS here in a second. Um, oh, he just said something. Shersha Ronan is how you say it. Shersha Ronan is how you say the name. So that was uh, my first question. But so this movie stars uh, Sam Rockwell and Shersha Ronan, and they're investigating murders. And honestly, I'm gonna be like completely honest. I I watched this and I was like, oh, somebody saw the success of the Agatha Christie movies and was like, let's just do one. And I don't know if this is based on a book or anything, but let's just do a murder mystery like that. And you know what? I loved the Agatha Christie books growing up. I enjoyed seeing those movies. So I would enjoy this as well, especially because, again, this looks benevolent. It look it just looks fun. It's just like, hey, we're going to do a murder mystery, but we're not going to make it like super serious. And like, oh, it's an example of privilege in the world. The, the system destroying people, blah, blah, blah. It's just like, oh, hey, we're going to solve this murder mystery. So this is what Midsider GS said. He said, hugging this the moment it comes out, I've loved, let me look at the pronunciation, Shirsha Ronan since Hannah, and she is perfect here. I'm going to be honest, I've never, I don't recognize this woman. Uh, I've never seen her before. So I'm going to take his taste as a representative here uh, it has a whimsical aesthetic reminiscent of the incredible paddington 2 and this is my question gs wasn't the paddington do i did he just said that she, uh, ronan's been nominated for four academy awards there people are listening while while we're recording by the way uh i do you think i pay attention to the oscars well she was nominated for hannah i assume how many, wait how many times was she slapped that's all i care about <laughs> that's the only reason i watch the academy awards see who gets slapped I mean, okay, so she's a talented actress. That makes me want to see this movie even more. But he he also said it has a whimsical aesthetic reminiscent of The Incredible Paddington 2. Is that a joke or is that real? Because I remember in the Nicolas Cage movie, the uh, the unbearable weight of massive talent, right? That was a joke that Paddington 2 was like the best movie ever. So is GS? Are you just repeating that joke, or is do I really need to see Paddington Two, which then requires me to see Paddington One? Oh man! One? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm I'm really starting to wonder about Paddington Two now. Anyway, so he continues. He says, "My only issue is that Sam Rockwell might be a bit too dour in this buddy cop duo." I could barely hear him. He so he said he only saw Paddington Two because of the unbearable weight of massive talent, and in all caps, it's that good. Which is interesting to me, right? Because somebody had to take that risk for us. Somebody had to take that risk. So thank you, GS. So now not only are we hugging this movie, but we're hugging Paddington 2, apparently. And then it requires hugging Paddington 1. So long story short, William, I am hugging this movie. I think it would be fun. Hug. All right. Well, uh, going back to visual style, I liked this style. It's it's yes. sort of like a a higher production value clue, right? It looks uh, maybe not as over the top, but maybe right. But it looks benevolent and fun, and uh, yeah, this seems like a good date movie. Uh, someday, Justin, when I go on another date, this might be a movie I put on. So uh, yeah, this is going to be a hug. Mm, hug. All right, William, that brings us to the end of the trip. Let's put a bow on things. What did you learn? I learned that freedom is slavery and uh, 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 oppression is uh, is freedom and uh, Florida is the most oppressed state in the union. Justin, what did you play learn? Play it again. No, play it again. Oh, man, play it again. I urge all of you living in Florida to join the fight or join us in California, where we still believe in freedom, <laughs> freedom of speech, freedom to choose, freedom from hate, and the freedom oh to love. Freedom to choose, except for to choose to open your freedom. restaurant. Freedom to choose, <laughs> except for, you know, to choose who you sleep with. It's so extra dick, funny because I literally <laughs> left California and went to Florida, and he was, he's like, oh my god, it's just, okay, what did I learn? Uh, I learned that apparently I do legitimately need to see Paddington 2, which also means I need to see Paddington 1. So look for the exclusive Patreon-only reviews of Paddington All 1 right. and 2 coming All soon, right. and I'm only about half kidding. All right, let's make him not be kidding. Join our Discord and <laughs> uh, and shout at Justin until we do it. 
I got about a month left before I got to go back and not say gay. So that's true. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's get make it all sure out of your get, system uh, now. Yeah. Get it all out of my system now and watch Paddington 1 and 2. Jeez. All right, I want to thank everyone for listening, especially the people listening in the Discord right now. As we know, I'm a crazy person talking into the corner of my closet, but you all make me feel less crazy, especially right now when someone tells me Paddington 2 actually is that good of a movie. That makes me think, hey, maybe uh, this year hasn't been so bad, right? Because that joke in uh, that Nicolas Cage movie, maybe it had some resonance. So thank you for listening. Thank you for making me less crazy. If you want to support us, you can do so through you know, the midside.com slash store and get one of our new t-shirts that say, you know, this is my activism t-shirt, right? Look for those coming soon. Uh, or you can do Patreon or locals. The midside.com slash Patreon is per episode. The midside.com slash locals is per month. And as always, the best thing you can do is tell a friend, tell a friend, about the Gavin Newsom ad and how they want to hear it and how absurd it is and how we talked about it on here. Or just play it for them and then ask them what they think of it. And if they think it's ridiculous, show them to the midside. This concludes your journey into the midside. I'm Justin Emlesneski reminding you that if things get tough, take a step back and witness the farce. Floor ever purge. So I'm going to try and keep track this week of all the freedom I observe here in California. I'll be posting that to Discord. So uh, stay tuned this week. Can you play the Forever Purge drop in your head every time? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to bring it. I'm, I'm going to make a button on the uh, shortcut on my uh, series <laughs> shortcut on my phone so I can just walk around wherever I see it and just press Forever Purge. <laughs> every time. <laughs>